five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. And let's go over and talk about experimental design. I watched this fun video, quite long. I'm going to just give you the, the core part that I want to touch on by Mark Roper. And uh, he's, he's trying to set up the ultimate shark video. And so for that, he's testing the uh he's testing the um blood that attracts sharks and uh i really like his thinking so let's play it one of the limitations to last year's test was that the boards might have been too close the to boards the boards were close so to the boat possible some and of they the were sharks chumming actually from the boat. smelled the blood but didn't investigate it because they were just waiting for a handout from the boat so right. this time, we basically placed the boards in the middle of the freaking ocean, super far away from the boat, so it wouldn't be a confounding variable. Oh, and I should also mention, we ended up using cow's blood because it's really hard to legally find five gallons of human blood. Okay, so a couple of things. First, they used, uh, they, they eliminated the variable of near the boat, because the sharks obviously were hanging around the boat and didn't go out last year for the for the blood very much uh this year there the big variable is mammal blood versus fish blood but watch and after talking with a couple shark scientists they've shown experimentally that all mammal blood essentially smells the same to sharks so it wouldn't affect the results to use cow blood in place of human blood so now that all three boards were in place we double checked to ensure each was anchored down to the ocean floor then i just had to start all three custom built pumps using our custom built remote trigger which is the exact moment i realized it must have got busted while being shipped out here because it wasn't sending a signal sharks around the fish smoothie board and then but anyway so then it had an auto start after an hour of not hearing from the whistle and the remote control so they did get it going and they started pumping the blood right and 10 minutes later things were only more intense here you can see the difference in activity between okay so here we've got this is this is human blood this is fish blood over here and this one they did as a control. I want you to hear that. They pumped seawater because they thought, well, what if the sharks are just curious about the board? You know, there are uh, shark videos where they t tow up like a little surfboard that looks like a sea lion. And the, and the sharks come wanging out of the air and jump in the air trying to bite this sea lion. So... It's possible that the surfboard could be a variable, but by pumping out seawater, then they can see that. If they're, just the, if they're curious about the pump, no. What we've done is we've isolated it away from the boat. We've isolated the, the, the kind of fluid, and we have one that has a neutral fluid. Okay, so we even put that in. That's the kind of thing we should be doing in marketing. You can do it in mail. We do it all the time. But too often in digital, they just count, they do one instance, and they count the sharks. Between the three boards. Let's see what happens. And while you're running an experiment and still collecting data, you really need to keep an open mind. But keep given what mind. we were seeing, it was getting pretty difficult to remain objective. Okay, so here's the board with the fish blood. Lots of sharks. And so after an hour, we called the experiment and went inside to officially tally up the results using the drone footage. And it turns out the mammal blood board was approached eight times. 
The seawater control board was at zero, zero. and the fish blood board had a whopping 134 approaches from a shark. Okay, that I would say is conclusive. We used to try to get 50 orders uh, in a test panel to be conclusive. It's 90% uh, certainty plus or minus 5% or something. So, you know, it depends on how many... Uh, how close things go, but this is the way we should be doing marketing, and mail is the best way to do this kind of testing. So I encourage you, I'll put the link. Okay, so why tech marketers are so obsessed with tech? And what's good about this is that St Stefan says the tech fatigue is setting in. And uh, he says maybe it started with Google in 2004 when they jumped from 8 million, 18 million in revenue to 3.2 billion uh, in just four years. And uh, somehow the people with the technology figured out how to win the game in advertising. I'm not sure that's ever been true. I'm sure that there was low lead generation costs in the beginning. Um, and I'm sure that Google and other tech uh, media made a big deal about it. I'm not sure it ever really worked very well. But anyway, does the rest of the world really care? Not really. And uh, the point is, is that we need to consolidate and we need to worry more about outcomes and less about what tech uh, you're using. I, uh, I was talking with a headhunter the last couple of weeks and they sent me a, a job description of a, of a catalog company that I, I'm sure I could do the job. I'm sure I could help them and I'm sure I could prove that I'd helped them. But uh, I read it and, I, you know, you had to be familiar with, uh, it seemed like Python and SQL and a number of tech tools, Adobe, uh, cert, uh, Adobe certain tracking tools, and uh, Google Analytics, of course, and all these different, you know, all these different tools, all these different stuff. And I said, well, you know, if they ever want to talk to me, I'll just say, how, how bad do you want this done? <clears throat> do you want it done or do you want to just play around trying to find a person that meets your spec? Because there's no person alive. Oh, and then they have to be a team leader and a team player and, uh, you know, a strategic thinker. That's really, a, a, that's a really conflict of interest. You don't get the guy writing the code and the guy being the strategic thinker. They're just usually not the same person. Anyway, let's go over to direct marketing trends. This was a good article because it, uh, it had nice graphics. 75% they surveyed 1,000 consumers. 75% of them said they were overwhelmed with digital ads. They, they surveyed 400 B2C industry leaders, and 81% said they were pretty happy with multi-channel tools and, uh, and that they were connecting them with direct mail. They were using streaming audio and video ads, and... Uh, Consumers said, 72% said they were positive about direct mail. Now, here's where the wheels come off. 28% I said, I don't find marketing mail useful. And then, from that answer, which is a perfectly fine answer, I'm surprised it was that low, to be honest. A third of people say it wasn't, didn't mean anything to me. And that's why they call it junk mail. But here's the trouble. The trouble is that... They then extrapolate to that it needs to be relevant to me. And here's why it's a problem. Because, you know, I'm driving along happy, and before I learned how to turn it off, my check engine light came on, and I sold three cars, I think, because of check engine lights that were persistent and could, I couldn't get them to 
to turn off with taking them to my mechanic over and over and over. And so in the state of Wisconsin, in Milwaukee area, you have to have that turned off or you can't renew your, uh, you can't renew your license plate sticker. So stuck. So I sold it to Madison. Madison, for some reason, is, you know, way left-leaning but doesn't let the government control when they sell their cars, whether they're running or not. And so I was <laughs> probably get banned for that one. But anyway, everybody knows Madison is at least as as left-leaning as Milwaukee. But it's a federal regulation, and Madison is out in cornfields, so it doesn't have the air pollution issues that Milwaukee might. But most of those are gone now, but we still keep the testing. Anyway, so until my check engine light came on, I wasn't interested in car media at all. I throw it right in the trash. Not interested. Guess what? Once that starts happening, I'm starting to think, hey, I got to get rid of my car, and I got to get a new car. And guess what? Now it's relevant. What changed? The mail? The ability to target? The tech? No. What changed was my circumstance. And that's the way life is. And Andrew Ettinger has zeroed in on that with HVAC. He says, you're not going to be able to figure out when my air conditioner stops working. Well, you can. But by then, 20 other people are in line with you or more. Because they're all, we're all playing the same game. We're all playing the, it's got to be relevant and at the right time, the right ad. Well, that worked back in the, in the 2004 when you were the only player in it. But it doesn't work now. And in fact, and a Google search doesn't work either. Because what you're getting is Angie's List and a bunch of other uh, third-party vendors that are putting all the HVAC companies ahead of you. Uh, if, uh, or you're paying them. And then they're generating the leads and they're generating the traffic and you don't even get SEO out of that. So what do you do? Well, what Andrew does is he says, you know what? You should be mailing your key neighborhoods regularly, like monthly, especially your past customers. You should be putting tags on, your, on the furnaces and on the AC. Uh, one guy recommended having a, 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 a lifetime warranty on the thermostat because it's almost never the thermostat. But if they say, oh, yeah, I think I have a warranty and my AC isn't working, then they call you. It, the, the answer is keeping them from going to the Internet. That's the last place you want them to go. You want them to have their mail, your sticker on their refrigerator, your magnet or your or a postcard stuck somewhere that they can say, oh, yeah, I remember that HVAC guy. They did good work. That's relevance, but it's not relevant because the mailing has changed. It's relevant because now the AC turned off. And this is so backwards. So it's a great article, and it's so wrong, and you don't want to listen to it. You don't want the conclusion. Oh, but look at this, generational attitudes. Gen Z, 77% are positive about mail. Millennial, 77%. Baby boomers, 55. Don't let your own feelings about mail, back when the mailbox was jammed so full you had to get a bigger size mailbox. Look what the kids think. Look what your, this, these are your customers right here. My kids own now three different separate units. You know, I don't know how many houses, that's five, you know, dwellings <laughs> they own and they manage all that. And it's not, you know, that's the way they're doing it. They're just working their way up. But the point is, and another kid owns another multifamily. So the point is, is that these kids are the ones buying the HVAC and buying the cars and all the rest of the stuff. Okay? So the road ahead, direct mail should be the unifying hub. And 
relevance is not defined by you and how well you can guess what my issue is today when my the mailing hits. That's impossible. It's impossible in your own life. You can't guess what you're going to be interested in two days from now. You can't guess. You can't even guess what your future browse history will be. I can't. It goes changes day to day. So get off that horse and let's talk now. One more, one more piece, okay? I did a course about six years ago, five years ago, called Reignite Your Company. Okay, I got a URL, I sold a couple, and in some cases their businesses grew. Um, one of the things that I've been remarkably good at uh, is growing companies. I, I, I've grown them, almost every company I've been involved with grew unless they didn't want to grow, and that's that profit was their main vehicle. We changed the valuations dramatically. Right, but when I started this, the, the course was prompted by a question that the style consultant asked me. And this was, like I said, five years ago. She said, what have you learned in the last 35 years? Well, yesterday was my 40th anniversary as a marketing consultant. 40 years ago today, or yesterday, I started working with Vic Hunter at VL Hunter and & Associates. And Vic was a catalog guy, and Vic taught me a lot. And uh, Vic had an undergrad in, in physics from Purdue, good solid science, and a Harvard MBA. A smart guy. And so I said to my my style consultant, I said, the number one thing I've learned is you don't tweak to greatness. You're not going to grow your company by trying to guess what I'm going to want next. What you're going to grow your company with is a solid message that when you need service, call me. I'll be there. That's a message that works when the AC goes out. And that's what we need to think about. We need to rethink our tech orientation, our digital orientation, and we need to get high-level engagement, even when people aren't in the market for our service. And that's what mail gives you. You have to touch it. You have to feel it. So if you want to talk science, experiment, direct marketing, direct mail, and you're in the Milwaukee, Chicago, or Minneapolis, you want to take a, a nice drive, uh, we're having a little get-together on Thursday over a beer. But definitely, if you're in the Milwaukee area, you want to reconnect with some of these people. Uh, in, in, in years past, we would have 50 or 100 or even more come to our meetups. And uh, it's because we have the answer. If you're in marketing, you need to be there. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart.